Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Amen. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, it's good to see all you guys here today. Uh, listen, as you just saw in the announcements, obviously next week we'll be having our four Christmas services, and then uh, what we'll do is we'll take two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's, which uh, means our next traditional service, we'll call it that, will be January the 7th. And uh, because of the length of time kind of between now and then, I hope this morning is to really do this. It's just to share a few things with you that I hope can encourage you to, to pause and reflect over the next few weeks. And uh, maybe more importantly, you know, use that time so you can just hear the heart of God so you can move forward into the new year in a really life-giving way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, listen, to accomplish this this morning, uh, I actually want to share... Uh, what might be considered more a collection of thoughts than it is a, a quote-unquote official sermon. And so if you can, just uh, just kind of work with me a little bit this morning. Uh, if you're okay with that, say, we're okay. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we absolutely love and adore you. Father, we're so excited to be in your house this morning because, Lord, we believe every time we gather together, God, you show up. And so, Lord, today we simply ask that whatever might be going on beyond these four walls, Lord, we ask, God, that you would help our hearts to settle in to where you're at this morning, to where you're speaking. Lord, where we're being vulnerable, where we're being honest, where we're being open. And Lord, we're just simply going, Lord, here's our heart. Speak to us as you choose. And so, Lord, thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your presence. And Jesus, just as Pastor Brian prayed a while ago, Lord, we pray that this would be custom made from your heart to everybody's heart in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as most of you know, almost every Wednesday night here at the church, uh, we have an hour of prayer. And, and this past Wednesday, I was uh, in the back back there. I was just kind of pacing and praying in agreement with things that Leah was asking us to pray about. And as I was praying, just kind of like everybody else, the Holy Spirit spoke a word uh, clearly to my heart. And that single word was simply this. It was the word reset. The word reset. Now, uh, obviously, when I heard that, I said, okay, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And so as I've dug into that word over the past couple of days, I've, I've become really convinced that that single word, reset, is a timely word for this season for two maybe distinct reasons. And, and possibly even maybe for uh, two distinctively different groups of people. And so first and foremost, I believe that word speaks directly to the Christmas season concerning uh, the purpose of why Jesus came. And uh, secondly, I believe it speaks to what God desires to do in our lives, uh, for lack of a better word, over the rest period for the next few weeks. And so to kind of give you a, a quick foundation so that you and I are all on the same page as we move forward, uh, just kind of jot this down if you can. The word reset in the Hebrew language, it simply means this. It means to bring back to zero. The word reset means to bring back to zero. In other words, it insinuates that something uh, that was created was working, and now it's no longer working uh, right. It's not working like it should. Therefore, it needs to be reset or adjusted so the issue can be fixed so that it can start functioning properly again. Does that make sense? 
Awesome. So probably the best example I can give you is of an electronic device. Like think about for a minute. Think about a, a cell phone. Think about a computer. Think about uh, you know a gaming console for the younger generation. Listen, when when one of those items need to be reset, it's usually because uh, the systems operating them have become so bogged down to the point that the device is either slowing down, it's either glitching, or it's freezing up completely. And uh, when those things take place, if you've ever been there, like, what do we do? We, we automatically pause. We're kind of forced to, right? We pause, and then we hit the reset button. Now, according to Google, there are uh, two types of resets that we can choose from when our devices aren't working properly. There's a, what you call a soft reset, which simply means that we turn the device off, we wait a few seconds, and we turn it back on. But if that doesn't work, they suggest what you call a hard reset, which is also known, don't miss this, as a factory or a master reset. Y'all do realize Jesus is still the master, right? Which is this. It means the restoration of a device to the condition it was in when it left the factory. All settings... All applications or apps and data added by the user, that's us, are removed. So in other words, what we're saying is, is in talking about a phone here, the phone's wiped, it's brought back to zero to the place that was originally created to be. Now lay that over on our lives for a moment, right? So the, the main reason we reset devices is because we want to bring it back to its basic system so it can function in an optimal or in an unhindered way. Amen. Google just preached. All right, so let's swing back to the top for a few minutes and let's talk about uh, how this idea of reset really connects to the Christmas season. And to do this, what I want to do is I want to hit the rewind button. I want to go back a few thousand years to what the world looked like when Jesus was born into it. So uh, if you've ever studied history, if you've ever studied the Bible, you know that history tells us that the Jewish people were greatly oppressed by the Roman Empire. Basically, decades before Jesus was born, the Romans had conquered uh, Jerusalem, and now they were not only forcing the Jews to, to follow their Hellenistic ways of culture, of language, and, and thought, but they were also demanding the Jews to get this, to pay up to 60% of their income in taxes. Right, uh, Because the Romans hated the Jews so much, what would happen is the Roman soldiers, just to kind of keep a military control, really just a military dictatorship, what they would do is they would constantly patrol the streets of Jerusalem and they would enforce the Roman laws that if literally if anyone stepped out of line, you know, even in the slightest little bit of ways, they would be punished if not killed for their offense. Right, like We know that. But on the other hand, the, uh, the spiritual climate in the Jewish culture, it wasn't much better. Because not only was it full of division, because all the religious leaders, they couldn't get along. They were always buying and, and arguing, basically, to see who could gain the most influence, the most power. But they were also trying to control their own people as well. And, and so on top of that, to make matters even worse, just trying to paint a picture for you here, uh, they were living in a time period known as the silent years. And what that means is basically from the time of Malachi to the time Jesus was born, th there was no prophetic voice for over 400 years years in Israel. And, and so when you kind of add all of that up, what you find is, is that there was a spiritual dullness in the hearts of God's people. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. So if I could sum up what the world looked like during the time Jesus entered it, like we typically think about uh, Christmas with lights and all that stuff. But, but if you really look at the, the world he was born into, man, it was cloaked in spiritual darkness. 
Right? See, that's why Isaiah chapter 9 and then Matthew chapter 4 says this. It says the people who sat in darkness. It's talking about the people who lived during that time. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Now, there's a sad side of that, but there's an awesome side of that, right? Like, who was the light that came to penetrate that darkness? We know it was who? Jesus, right? See, that's why Jesus said about himself in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. That's good news. Because you will have the light because we'll have him that leads to life. Now, think about it for a moment. What was he offering? What did Jesus come to offer all those people who were living in that cloud of darkness? He was offering them a reset, right, through him. That he was inviting them to be wiped clean of all the oppression, of all the unnecessary weight that hindered them and bound them for years so that they could start living again in a really unhindered way. Good news, amen? So overall, kind of the point that I want to make here just at the top is that, that if we can look past, you know, maybe, uh, you know, all the clutter, all the marketing, all the giving, all the receiving, all the buying, all the decorating, like all the stuff that we do in this Christmas season, if we could just maybe look and remember that Christmas is a reminder that this is the greatest reset that the world has ever known. All right, now while there's loads of verses I believe speak directly to what we're talking about, there's only one I really want to highlight today, and that's this. In my opinion, uh, when we look at this verse, there's three key areas in which Jesus brought about a reset that still affects you and me today. Galatians 4. Here we go. Verse 4. It says, but when the right time came, somebody say the right time. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. Like you understand that Jesus was born into that structure, that culture, the law, right, that we just talked about. It says God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. So in light of this verse, the first area I want us to notice how Jesus came is that he came to reset the religious system. Y'all, please hear this, and let's try to make this personal today. He came to reset the religious system. Again, by the time Jesus came on the scene, God's original design for not only his law, but also for the temple, it had become so corrupt by the, by the agenda of men that the religious leaders of that day had replaced the presence of God in the hearts of people with a bunch of rules and regulations. In fact, they had become so overly focused on the do's and don'ts, they added, get this, not one, not two, not three, but 603 laws to the original Ten Commandments. Like, holy smokes, I'm tired just reading that, right? So if you, if you go back and you read them, a lot of them make sense, but, but then there's some head scratchers in there that I've kind of mentioned to you before, like, like it was forbidden for, for a person to, to spit on the ground during the Sabbath, because if the spit disturbed the ground, that can be considered plowing or working on the Sabbath. Right. Another one was how a woman was discouraged from looking in the mirror on the Sabbath because if she saw a gray hair, she might be tempted to pluck it out, and if she plucked it out, that too would be considered working on the Sabbath. Like if your house caught on fire, like you were not allowed to carry your stuff out of the house on the Sabbath, but you could put as many clothes as you wanted on and then run out if you could, right? 
So, so the, the point is that I want to make is even all that, through all that craziness, man, that the creation of the 603 laws made following God near impossible, especially when you think about it like this, that these people were taught that God's acceptance of them hinged on their ability to check those 603 boxes. Right, so in light of that, like, what was Jesus doing when he said these things? Just stay with me here in Matthew 11. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my teaching is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Think about Matthew 22. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Like think about what he was doing in Matthew 21 when it says that Jesus entered the temple. He began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables and the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned to a den of thieves. Now now watch what happens after he cleans the temple. Watch this. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Shows you the contrast of what was happening before. And then it says, The leading priests and the teachers of religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the Son of David, the Messiah. Right? So, so what was he saying and doing in all these three things? Gang, what he was doing was, is he was applying that master reset to a bogged down religious system. Right? He was removing all the man-made clutter so he could bring it back to zero, bring it back to the original design of just simply loving God and loving people, bringing it back to the place where everybody can remember the purity of the house of God, that every time they came, it was simply a place so they can meet with him. Amen? So the second area Jesus came to reset was this. It was their view of God. He came to reset their view of God. Now I want us to consider maybe for a moment how uh, distorted our view of God could become if basically our political leaders around us hated and oppressed us year after year. Right? Like, like every, everywhere you turn, you're being treated harshly. That every time you turn around, man, you're, you're being basically more's being demanded of you. Nope, that wasn't enough taxes. Give us this. Give us that. Give us this. Give us that. And, and now add into that, consider how distorted your view of God could become when the religious leaders that you look up to are constantly looking at you through eyes of judgment. In, in fact, they, that they become so critical of you that they refuse to even touch you because they consider you as nothing more than a sinner. Like, how many of you guys know that could cause some damage in your, in your brain and your thinking, right? So, so, listen, like, if you had a steady diet of that for a couple of decades, it's like no wonder that these people were so confused, not only about themselves, but they were also confused about God. Now, I, I believe... Those things caused the Jewish people, and this might sound a little, little crazy, but I believe it caused them to lose sight of what Moses saw in Exodus 33, 19. Y'all got to remember who Moses was to them, right? It says this, As the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Remember, this is when Moses in the cleft of the rock. I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. See, I believe because how they were treated, they lost sight, not only of who they were, but they lost sight of the goodness of God. And so rather than love, they just felt judgment all the time. Are you seeing this? 
See, I, I think, you know, when you look at it, like, here's Jesus in contrast, can, you know, to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right, the Zealots, like all the, the scribes, all these people, what's he doing? He, he's not doing what they're doing. He's consistently demonstrating love. He's showing mercy to a woman caught in adultery, right? He, he shows grace in feeding the multitude. He shows compassion to those who are sick and oppressed of the devil. He's the one touching the leper, right? He's the one that's kind to children. He's elevating women in the culture, right? And, and literally, he's eating with outcasts and so on and so on and so on. So, like, what was he doing in all that? He was resetting their minds, right? Basically, resetting the minds of confused, discouraged group of people, right? So they have a correct view of God for themselves, See, what he was doing is he was removing the feelings of the worthlessness, the judgment, the shame, the guilt, so that they could live in an unhindered way. He was bringing them back to zero. This is who God created to be. You are loved. You are accepted. You belong. And here's who I want you to be. So with that in mind, I want to just give you a verse here to just, you know, once again, for you to consider. You can jot it down. It's John 14, 7 through 11. This is after Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said these words. He said, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip, one of the disciples, said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still do not know who I am? Watch these next words. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I love that. So, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Again, what was he doing? He was intentionally resetting their view of the Father by exposing and removing the lies that they had come to believe. He was saying this, look, Philip, you don't ever have to wonder what the Father is like. Just look at me. Right? That's the good news. Amen? So as I say that today, what I'm encouraging you to do is maybe look at your own view of God and, and go, okay, the view that I have of God, the Father, does it match up with how I see Jesus in the Gospels? I know for years I had two different views. Right? Am I the only one? All right. So watch this. So not only did he come to reset the religious system and not only did he come to to you know, reset their view of God, but he also came to reset the hearts of men. Like, let's not miss this. Like, he came to reset the hearts of men. Biblically, we know from Genesis chapter 3 that when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, obviously due to their sin, man, they stopped operating from their original design uh, that they were created to walk in, right? So literally by a single act of disobedience, they went from being people who were created in the light to being people who walked in darkness, Right? They went from being people who had close fellowship with God to being separated from God. They went from being people who had a heart for the things of God to being people who wanted nothing to do with him. They wanted to run from him. Right? So the bad news is we know according to Romans chapter 5 and Romans 6 that that decision affected every one of us. Like we're, we're all born, like hear me today, we are all born with a need of a reset. Right? But the good news is, is above all else, all the things we already mentioned, man, that's why Jesus came. 
So like to give you proof of this, man, it's seen in, in John chapter 3. We know the picture, what's happening. Here's, uh, you know, this Pharisee named Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus at night and he begins to ask him. He began, look, uh, you know, we hear your words. We see what you're doing. We know that you come from the Father. We know that you're of God. And, and Jesus basically just goes from there and says, look, man, unless a man's born again, he will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right, he goes like straight to the heart of the matter. In other words, it's like, that's cool, all the things that I'm doing and how much you appreciate it, but you don't need to miss the number one reason I came is so that you could be born again. Right, And then he goes into the scripture that uh, most of us know in this room. It's in verse 16. It says, For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save or to reset the world through him. You see, that, that's not only why Jesus came, but don't miss this. I know we're, we're talking about really Christmas, but we got to fast forward, man. You can't forget about Easter. It's not only why he was born, but it's why he died, yes? And so he died so you and I can be set free from the bondage of sin. He died, yes, so that we could be forgiven. But he also died so we could have a relationship with the Father. That's good news. Amen. So, so listen, whatever you do today, I wish I could just sit on this for a bit, but I don't have time. Let, like, what I don't want us to miss, and once again, I feel like I'm talking to two different groups of people today. And, and you may be sitting going, well, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that. But I need you to listen to me here, okay, please. Is that, like, whatever you do, don't miss the fact that according to that scripture, there is a real heaven and there is a real hell. It's not made up. Okay, there's a real eternal life that you are going to go to at some point, either heaven or hell. There are only two options, right? And so the other thing I want us to notice is that you and I cannot, we can't reset ourselves by our good works, Right? If that was possible, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Right? He, he would just stayed in heaven and he would basically just cheered us on and said, You can get it. You can do it. I believe in you. He'd have been the greatest soccer mom ever. Right? <laughs> Another thing I don't want you to miss is that, is that he has already done the work through his death and through his burial and through his resurrection. Amen? So he's done his part. Now it's time for us to do our part. Right? No one, not even God himself, can make this decision for us. We have to make it, right? And so please know today, though, if you're sitting here and you've never really, really, really said yes to Jesus, I want you to know he wants more than just your sin. He wants your life. Please understand that, right? I think so often we water down what Jesus wants just so we can see people raise their hands. Listen, he wants our lives, Right? He gave his life for ours. That's the exchange. Right? And so I just think this, man, if we can understand that he wants to reset our entire life, he really wants to bring us back to the original intent of why he created us. And so, so what happens is, is when you really make that decision, there's a promise that he makes to you. Yes, it's in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he becomes a new creation. But I want you to see what happens inside of you from Ezekiel chapter 36. It says this. It says, and I will give you a new heart. Somebody say new heart. It says, and I will put a new spirit. Somebody say new spirit. 
new spirit in you. You understand that the Bible says that when you don't know God, you walk in darkness, right? That your spirit is dead, your heart is dead to him. But when you say yes to him, man, he comes and gives you a new heart. He gives you a new spirit. And then he says this, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I'll put my spirit in you so that... You will follow my ways. If I can say it this way, because what really happens, so you will want to follow his ways. Right? Now, this might be strong, but going back to the original illustration I gave you when we started, like if, if I take my phone and it's causing me you know, issues, and I decide to do that old reset and it doesn't fix the issues, wisdom would say that the soft reset didn't work. Okay? Y'all got to hear me please here, Okay? So, so listen, if in the same way, if we said a prayer years ago and our heart hasn't changed towards the things of God, towards people, then I want you to know that something didn't work. That's not being judgy. That's being biblical. Okay? Because if what we just read out of Ezekiel is true, then there has to be a noticeable transformation. You know, I am blown away by how many people in America, north, south, east, west, think they're okay with God just because they said a prayer when they were five. Like, we have to stop and go, where's the fruit? Where's the hunger? Where's the passion? Where, where, where's the fact that, man, I just love him? It's like this, if you're married in this room, and basically if you tell your, your spouse, I love you, and they're, and they're looking for proof of that love, then something's probably wrong. In the same way, we can't say, Jesus, we love you. And then he looks at our lives and goes, I, I can't tell. Am I making sense? Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this piece up here real quick. Um, I, I, like, I would like to simply ask you this morning, this for real, this is where I need you to get on this. Once again, this more collection of thoughts, that this is really what this is. But, but, but to ask yourself this morning, like, could it be possible that Jesus wants to reset the internal religious system inside of me? Like how I approach him, right, and, and how I do life with him, is it possible that he wants to change some of that in me? That it's not a works mentality, that it's not performance, that it's not fear-based, but it's simply, man, I love him, and uh, because I love him, I want to be holy, right? And is it possible this morning that, that Jesus is maybe wanting to reset your view of him today? Meaning this, that you understand that he is Father. Right? That, that's what it said. Remember what in that verse we read out of Galatians? He basically that the spirit of adoption has come upon us and we call him Father. Is there something today that needs to shift in our minds that we're not seeing him as an angry, mad God, but we're seeing him as a loving dad who wants to help us move forward in him? Right? Like he's for us. Right? Am I making sense? And then, and then lastly there, is it possible that God is wanting to make a reset in the condition of your heart today, meaning that you may need to get saved. Isn't it funny how it gets tense there? Like, if I can just say this, not to beat up anybody, but man, if there's something in that that just irritates you or makes you want to run, then that's an indicator something's not right. All right, so th that's, that's basically how I think this thing, this word reset connects with Christmas season. Now let's shift to how it connects to this next few weeks, this time of rest, if you will, that we're going to walk in as a church. I, I can't encourage you. This part won't be as long as that part, so you can breathe, okay? All right, so I, I think that spiritually speaking, like there's two times of the year 
that I really, really, really look forward to. And one of them is the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we do uh, as a church family leading up to Easter. Like, I so love that time. And, and the second time is the one we're about to walk into. And the reason is, it's because really the first one I mentioned, it, it gives me an opportunity to hear God from a position of surrender. And this one really gives me a chance to hear God from a position of rest. Right? And, and so for me, what we're about to step into, I know, I know, Schedule's crazy for everybody, but for me, what happens is it allows me to really unplug from the daily grind and helps me just really slow down and listen. In other words, I'm, I'm not preparing messages. I'm not thinking, I'm not doing any meetings. I'm just like, I, I just get to go be with God, right? Like I, I, my plan is, I already got in my head, I'm going to go in my garage and I'm going to do some things and I'm going to try to just get away for a bit and just hopefully I can hear from him. <laughs> Right, and so what happens is, is, is like you, I got a lot of things vying for my attention. I just, I'm just like, Lord, I want to pause and I want to reflect. And and so what I'm saying is, is man, I'm like encouraging you to to find some space over the next few weeks to do the same thing, right? And and so even if it's nothing more than where you would normally come to church on those two Sundays where we're not having church, maybe just to sit down with a notebook and a pen and say, Lord, I need you to speak to me and, and pray about the things that we're talking about today because I believe he'll speak to you. Amen? All right, so as you do, let me give you a verse. Once again, jot this down. This is a really, 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 really unique verse, but there's something that grabbed me in it when I was reading it the other day. It's Isaiah fifty four eleven. It says, you suffering, comfortless, storm-ravaged city. Don't worry about that part. <laughs> Watch this. Here's the part that grabbed me. I will rebuild your city. Think about your life. I will rebuild your city with precious stones. This is the part that jumped out at me. So let these five words sink in. I will reset your foundations. I will reset your foundations. So this is the prayer I want to encourage you to pray. It's how we're going to end here is that, God, how do you want to reset the foundation of my heart, the foundation of my head, the foundation of my hands, the foundations of my home, and the foundations of my holiness, and the foundations of my hustle? Okay? So let's unpack these real quick, and I'm going to go fast. Write them down so you can pray later. Reset my heart. Jesus taught us, obviously, that the issues of life flow out of the heart. Therefore, we should do what? Guard it with all diligence. And so, therefore, the question to me in this is, Lord, what is getting, you know, my greatest affection at this moment? Like, what, what's my heart gravitating to? Like, like, if it's not him, then we probably, if he's not the greatest affection of our heart, then we probably need to reset. Next one is reset my head. So obviously Paul told us to fix our minds on things above. Obviously he said to think on things that are true, that are noble, that are just, pure, that are lovely, that are of good report, virtue, praiseworthy. Therefore the question here is this, is, is what's consuming our minds? Right? Like if it's things, y'all listen to me, please. If it's things that are robbing us of our peace, if it's causing us to worry, to feel anxiety, to feel insecure, to feel stressed, to feel afraid, to feel depressed, to feel distracted, then I probably need a reset there. Amen? So the next thing is reset my hands. You know, Paul told us to do everything we do as unto the Lord. And so, therefore, the question to me really here is more about our jobs is what we do for a living. You can throw hobbies in there if you will, but really I'm just asking, like, God, am I, am I doing what I'm doing unto you? 
man, is, am I honoring you in what I do? That could be from a stay-at-home mom until somebody that's running a corporation. Am I honoring you? Even this is my job and my responsibilities. Are they in the rightful place of my life? If not, then I probably need a reset. The next one is this, is to reset my home. See, the Bible's not only clear how important our families are, but, but it talks a lot about the importance of a role as a husband, as a wife, uh, even as grandparents, and even, the, even children. Like, we all have a part to play in the family, right? And, and so, therefore, the question to me in this, you may have another question, but it's basically, Lord, are we making our family the priority that they are supposed to be? Like, am I fulfilling the role that I'm supposed to fulfill, and am I doing it well? Am I stewarding the role that you've given me in this family well? And if not, like, man, God, what needs to be reset in my life so I can? And the next one is this, is to reset my holiness. What I mean by that is that when you and I gave our lives to Jesus, man, he made us holy and blameless in his sight. Now it's by the grace of God that we live a holy and blameless life. Like we continue to do that, right? And so the question is, is like, once again, like David said, Lord, search me and know me. If there's any wicked way in me, then make it known to me. Show me, right? Like, like show me, you know, does my attitude, does my emotions, does my, my purity, my relationships, my ears, my eyes, my mouth, so on and so on and so on, man, does it reflect holiness? Right? Does my entertainment reflect holiness? Does my company reflect holiness, right? The last one is this, is I need to reset my hustle. The reason I said that is because I couldn't figure out another H word for schedule. <laughs> Jen actually gave me that word. Let me give credit where credit's due. Anyways, so um, li- listen, I, to me, this is, once again, it's all about our time. It's a question of schedule and priority. Man, am I busy for busy's sake or am I being intentional? Like, I don't know about you, but I, but I look and go, man, how much clutter do I have in my life? Am I making sense? I hope I'm not talking to the wall today, right? Like, I, I, I hope this is more than just for me, right? So, so like, like, I just think this, it's like, okay, when it comes to this, our schedule, is he first in our lives? Seek first the kingdom of God. Are we praying? Are we reading? Are we fellowshipping one another for the for the purpose of spiritual growth and accountability or like where's the church in this in the mix like uh, like are we balancing once again uh, our work and family like like this can cover so many areas but but i'm just simply saying lord d- does my schedule need a reset the answer is probably yes for every one of us in this room amen all right like i said collection of thoughts right but here's why i'm encouraged when i say all this please hear me here please please hear me here From my past experiences with God, my expectation in hearing Him goes to a whole nother level in the next couple weeks, right? And and the reason is, is because I don't think it's uncommon, like I've told you before, I don't think it's uncommon for God to use the, the turning of the year to shift our trajectory in Him. Like, I think he does it all the time. People, this is why naturally you're going to have, you know, millions of people try to go write a resolution, right? That, that'll last for about two weeks. Like, it'll last until they see the next good piece of chocolate cake, right? Whatever, right? And so I'm not asking you to do a resolution. I, I think the reason we desire that is because we desire growth, we desire change, and that's from God. Like, God put that in us. So I'm not asking you to go to go, okay, these are resolutions. Don't look at it like that way. I want you to look at it like the position of your heart. 
Like, what's the posture? What's the position of my heart that God wants me to go to, right? Like, what, where does he want to bring me back to zero? Where does he want to bring me back to that original place in him? Because the Bible clearly says that if I do this, if I draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. Like, we got to realize that he said that we could hear his voice. Like, y'all realize that God wants to speak to you. Yes? Yes. We just got to get still. Amen? So can I pray for you? If you, if you can, lift your hands, please. Even, even if you're not comfortable with it, just lift your hands. as just a, simply a sign uh, of an act that says, Lord, I'm giving you permission to reset my life today. So Jesus, with our hands lifted high today, we ask God, just going through what we talked about, Lord, we ask that you would reset our internal religious system. God, we ask today in the name of Jesus that you would reset our view of you. God, if we believed any lies in there, Lord, we pray that you would expose it and you would change it. Lord, if we're in this place today and we don't know you, if we are far away from you, if we're doing our own thing, Lord, we ask that you would reset our hearts. God, we ask today in the name of Jesus that you would save us, that you'd forgive us of our sins. God, we say to you today, God, our lives are yours. Our life is yours. God, help us to serve you and live for you. And Lord, we ask God in the name of Jesus, all those areas that, that we ask from our heart, from our head, from our, our hands, God, God, our home, God, all those areas we just talked about, Lord, we just give you permission over the next few weeks to begin to speak to us in those areas, God, and that you would show us, God, where things need to be reset. God, we are people that love you. We're people that want to honor you. We're people who want to fulfill the purpose that you have for our lives. God, we want to walk with you, God, in an intimate way. And so, Lord, because of those things, we ask you, God, to just do what you do best. And that's continue to bring life change. Continue to help us be transformed from faith to faith, to glory to glory. Help us to be transformed more to the image of your Son. And so, Lord, uh, all in all, once again, with our hands lifted high, we give you permission to do whatever you need to do. Here's our heart. Here's our mind here's our lives do only what you can do in jesus and we pray amen thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram for encouragement in your walk with god and to receive updates on events happening at the anchor have a great week and god bless